When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill, an NFL podcast and videocast. Each week, we take a look at what's going on in the NFL. And during the season, we analyze your fantasy picks. Now, this week, we're looking at the NFL draft and how it went for your favorite NFL teams. My esteemed colleague, former NFL quarterback Eric Kramer, provides his valuable insights to this process. And we're going to get into it this, uh, today. Now, you can join us each week by finding the podcast wherever you get your shows. And for the video cast, just check out my Bob Brill YouTube channel. The easiest way is go directly to our website. That's KramerandBrill.com. You'll find all the links right there on the homepage, plus past shows. You can check that out, too. So let's get right to it. I think the biggest surprise of the draft, and you see me smiling, was Kenny Pickett falling to number 20 for Pittsburgh. And for Malik Willis, projected to go possibly in the first 40 picks, falling to the third round in Tennessee. Did this feel a little bit like Christmas in April? <laughs> yeah, it had to. It really right? did. It really did. <laughs> well, so for me, and I think this went really well because there was only one quarterback, in my opinion, uh, that was worthy of a first-round selection. That was Kenny Pickett. And um, to me, he's the right combination of fluidity uh, in all the things that he does, which is reading coverage as well and anticipating throws and being accurate and movement inside and outside of the pocket. There's no wasted anything. It just moves the right way. And then there's all the rest of the stuff like his size and speed and arm strength and touch on throws. And he's good. He's just really good. And, uh, and I think, and, and to the, you know, to the team where he went to the Steelers, he's the right fit for them. I mean, he's perfect. Yeah, really, I mean, really he's was. been practicing in the same building and um, you know, nobody has to go anywhere. Um, so everything to me, that Kenny Pickett is Will, Willis, uh, Malik Willis isn't yet. Um, and to me, he's got a long way to go. Uh, and this is the one trait that Willie, Malik Willis does need to possess. And we don't know that he does just yet. And that's his determination and work ethic, the ability to just on yourself and with the system, just um, hop on the bus and get to work and get better each day. And to me, he's in the perfect situation because he's got Ryan Tannehill, who himself has been through many ups and downs recently back in Miami. He had to get revived by going to, to Tennessee. He did. He's got them uh, with his own play deep into the playoffs. Then last year, he fell short at a crucial time when he needed to deliver and didn't. And so I think he's in the perfect scenario because to me, I've been impressed for the the majority of the ride with um, Ryan Tannehill. I've been impressed. And I think Malik Willis is going to learn from a guy who knows how to go about this business. Um, just by being in the same room and watching what he does, hopefully Malik is curious enough and, and determined enough that he just gets better by being, by showing up every day in the way he humbly goes about doing what he does. And you've always been a big Tannehill supporter, and I, I see exactly what you're saying here. And I think you're right, because I think, uh, you know, I think Malik Willis coming from 
Liberty, which is a small school, you know, not to put down small schools, but the competition isn't what, you know, the, um, the SEC or some of the other conferences, uh, the PAC 12 C, you know, as far as the defensive players and things like that. So I, I think he is in the perfect situation and if he sticks by it and learns from it. I think in a couple of years, he, he's there. I got to say when New Orleans traded for number 19, I thought for sure they were going to take Pickett and the Steelers were out. But I was over the moon when they didn't. And I think it was perfect fit too. And even GM Colbert and Coach Tomlin were surprised he was still there when I saw the news conference afterwards. And I know Tomlin was asked uh, about uh, what would he, one of the things he would say about um, uh, Kenny Pickett. And he said, I think I want him to finish the slide. You know, <laughs> I think that one slide, uh, fake slide he did where he ran for right. a touchdown. So I think it was the last game of the regular season, you know, where that happened. I think that thing went viral. And oh, yeah. uh, I think he's going he's gonna to live with that for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think that's just, you know, that's what he does. He's an instinctive, impromptu, uh, as I see it, I'll do it type of guy. And uh, I think that's great. You know, that that's typically what good players do. They figure out a way to do something and do it well. Um, and so I think going back to New Orleans, as you were getting nervous there, that they were moving up. Right. I think this was the first, I'd say, public display of affection this offseason the Saints have made in Jameis Winston's direction. I could tell they liked him last year and then he got hurt. Um, and to me, he looked like he was making better decisions. So I think he's earned what they're now um, putting him in place to do. Um, and so I, I don't know Mike Tomlin, but I do know Kevin Colbert. And as you know, he was the P, um, uh, personal director with the Lions when right. I was there. And to me, he was, along with the people that worked with him in that department, he was responsible. Uh, and, and that personal department was hugely responsible for the talent on that team. In fact, singularly, I think. Um, and so he did the same thing with Pittsburgh. And I'm sure he's worked well with Mike Tomlin in getting people from far and wide. And they've won a couple of Super Bowls as a result, or at least Colbert's been there for two of them. And um, so anyway, I think, you know, admittedly, I was wrong. I thought Carolina would be the first to snag Kenny Pickett and slide back to do it. And they could have. They just had, you know, other thoughts in mind. And that's fine. But I think the beneficiary of that is you and the Steelers and the entire Steeler nation. Yeah, and and um, it's sad, we're sad to see Colbert go because this was his last draft. He's retiring, and I uh, and you know you going back and have a connection with him. I think uh, there's a lot. He's high, so highly respected. It's it's sad to see him go, but you know it's when it's time, it's time. You know, and, and he's from Pittsburgh, so it works out. Yeah. Another shocker for me was Buffalo. You know, we we talked about them possibly taking James Cook or, or Brees Hall in the first round because they needed a running back. They, that's the one piece they're missing. It was a shocker they didn't take him in the first round, but then they got their running back. They got James Cook, who's Delvin Cook's brother, um, later on on pick number 63. So I, I guess it shows you know, the importance of the elevation of wide receivers in the last 10 years and then less of an emphasis on um, – Running backs. I mean, Seattle did take Kenny Walker from Michigan, at number 41. He was one of the top three we talked about last time. Uh, Brees Hall went to the Jets, and Iowa, the Iowa State running back went 36th overall. So they did go in the first two rounds. You know, they didn't wait long enough. But I, I was still surprised that not one of them went in that first round. 
Well, just, you know, it, it depends on who's who, you know, like if Barry Sanders was coming out this year, he would have gotten the first round guaranteed. Right. If Bo Jackson, same thing. If Walter Payton, same thing. And so, but like you said, whether it was Brees Hall or Cook, they identified who they wanted that fit what they need. And we all see what they need. And, you know, it's this sense, this pick obviously makes sense. And to me, and I think to you, puts them um, in the pole position in terms of AFC as to who is in that first spot that, that we're all thinking about who might go to the Super Bowl. In my opinion, it's going to be the Buffalo Bills. Well, you know, Matt Coral went to the Panthers. We mentioned, uh, you mentioned the Panthers looking for a, a quarterback. They did pick up 94. So it's what, uh, that's fourth round? Yeah, somewhere in there. Th third round. Late third, third round, round. I think. Yeah. yeah. So, but looking over, you know, which team do you feel had the best draft as far as helping themselves right now, this year in 2022-23? The team that jumps out right away is the Jets. Um, they got their quarterback last year. Um, and then you look at their top four picks. They got Sauce Gardner, who's obviously or, or arguably the best corner in this draft. They got uh, Garrett Wilson, another receiver who's obviously probably could be argued as the best receiver in this class. Um, they've got uh, Jermaine Johnson, who fell. Uh, they actually they traded up for, but were surprisingly even there to, to draft as an edge rusher. And then, um, you know, they got Brees Hall as well, another great running back. So I think just with those first four picks alone, uh, it's tough for me to see anyone else that matches up that way. Um, maybe the Eagles, because of what they did to get A.J. Brown, Harry Roseman saw these receivers just jumping off the board. And so he makes all in one move uh, to uh, secure A.J. Brown and the contract at the same time. And so now you've got Jalen Hurts, who is a rising quarterback, still playing on his rookie contract, and they too also made some great moves. How about the best draft of the future? You know, the, the draft to rebuild, the guys that really needed a, to retool and, and think, you know, three, four years down the road. That's a great one. And I think when you look at it today, nobody thinks this way. But for me, it's the Bears because they – they go in with six picks, not really. They don't have a first round pick and they get basically two day one starting a cornerback and a safety um, big upgrade in the secondary, which was shaky. Then uh, they, uh, you know, obviously they, they moved up the year before to get, uh, you know, Justin Fields, but then they got, they added depth with the offensive line. They got a guy named Kramer to play center out of Illinois and, and they, they get yeah, Kramer uh, with a K, by the way. It is Kramer with a K. <laughs> and uh, uh, Doug, I think, is his first name. Uh, but anyway, so then they get the Vilas Jones guy from Tennessee that people are kind of, well, did they have the luxury to draft that guy? Yeah, because he's an impact returner on day one. He could turn into a Debo Samuel. He's got blazing speed. He's a sturdy guy. He's exactly what I thought they needed. Um, he... Some other people didn't think he, because he's not really like the receiver that everybody identified for them to get. So what? They love him, and that's all that matters. And then to top it off, they, they picked up a punter from NC State. So From where? From where? <laughs> where? Where where did they pick up the punter? A fellow Wolfpacker. A fellow Wolfpacker. Oh, oh, oh NC so I, State. Oh, okay. State. I, I, was, I, was gonna, I, I didn't throw the question at but I was going to ask you about the, the picks at NC State. We'll get to that later. You know, the Rams... <laughs> 
real quick, the other thing is that I think you're going to have to to look at this draft after next year's draft and a couple years after that even to see how these pieces all kind of fit because there's no big splash, you know, oh, we had to have that guy. Yeah. But I think you've got great depth. You've got good young – you've got some good young players on this team already that I think this, this is a team that's not going to – they're not going to explode this year, I don't think. But I think next year and the year after and so on, I think you'll see this draft pay off in that way. Well, the Rams didn't have a pick in the first round due to all the trades they made. And, and they got their Super Bowl. So, you know, justify that. No one can knock that. So did the Rams step up and improve themselves? I mean, they lost some players here, you know, in, in the offseason. And very few draft picks as far as where, you know, early draft picks. Now, did they improve themselves? Well, let's start with their, uh, let's see, the, the thing that didn't have anything to do with them picking anybody which was the on-camera responses of both Sean McVay and Les Snead to Bill Belichick and the Patriots picking uh, UT Chattanooga offensive guard Cole Strange, where they both were like, what? And laughing, in fact, was Sean McVay, who just got humbled a couple years earlier in the Super Bowl by Belichick. And then you got Les Snead, who, who's a bigger head-scratcher, uh, Cole Strange or Jared Goff moving up 14 spots to get Jared Goff where they just jettisoned. Yeah. And so, you know, is it, it, you know, in the response, I think from uh, Les Snead, who damn near got fired himself, was, uh, oh, welcome to the draft, Chattanooga. Really? Well, guess who's not going to forget those responses? Yeah. Bill Belichick. Yep. Five well, years I, ago. I, I, think, I think the draft <laughs> Look, to, to go to the draft of the Rams, I think, you know, they're just uh, – they don't – there's not a lot of vacant spots there, so they added, I think, good depth. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, Keenan uh, – uh, Carnell Lake's son, the one out of UCLA, right. if he's anything like his dad, who was a great player, right. instinctive, hard hitter, uh, ball hawk. That, and, like a linebacker. What, yeah, and, and he's, he's uh, you know, a hybrid type. And if that's who his son is – then that's going to be an impact player. The guy they picked up, Darian Kendrick from Georgia, anybody on that defense was good. And so I think he's going to add depth there as well. And, you know, they picked up the running back from Notre Dame. And so the Rams, as good as they were last year, I think in this draft got better. Uh, not Again, not a big splashy name, nobody in there that kind of jumps out at you. But had they gone and moved up or moved down – who are they going to get that's going to have an impact on that team anyway? Plus, as you mentioned earlier, you know, they, they did pick up, you know, Allen Robinson in the offseason. If they lose Odell, they lose Odell. Um, but uh, they've, they've got Allen Robinson teamed with Cooper Cup. I mean, that's a pretty good pair of wide receivers. Right, right. And it was, it was it, uh, is it J.C. Jackson they got at corner also? Uh, let me see. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I, think, I think you might be right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, for what they could have, what could have happened with them and what didn't happen. I, I think they, they turned out with a pretty decent draft. I really do. Now, a couple of other notes, Steelers declined a fifth year option on former top draft pick, Devin Bush. The Raiders did the same with running back Josh Jacobs. And then DeAndre Hopkins gets suspended for six games for performance enhancing drugs. Your thoughts. Well, that fifth-year option, right? That that's kind of now become the telltale sign of what the team thinks of you. Yeah. And as good as Josh Jacobs has been, he's had some injuries, and which has hampered, I think, his impact. 
And then you've got the same with Devin Bush, along with some inconsistent play coming back from that torn ACL. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, think about this. He's going to pay the consequence of a six-game suspension. Uh, but them getting Hollywood Brown, after that six-game suspension and he comes back, yes, he's going to be in his 10th year now, but he's still one of the best receivers in the game. Yeah. And so I think, you know, okay, you're out for six games and you, you shouldn't have done what you did. Uh, you kind of alluded to the fact that I don't know how this happened. Well, you, you ingested something you shouldn't have. That's how it happened. And um, so that always you know, cracks me up. It really does. Yeah, yeah, there, no. There's nobody you have to search with your team to figure out how this happened. Yeah. You go go check the bottle that you took. That was illegal. And you know it. So the point is, when they get him back for that second half of the season where they crumbled last year, I think they're going to be in prime prime position this year. All right. Well, that'll do it for another edition of Kramer and Brill. Don't forget to join us next time wherever you get your shows and on my Bob Brill YouTube channel. For my colleague, Eric Kramer, and myself, we'll see you next time.